turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Sweet. That was a pig of a day yesterday. Not pretty. Worst day of 2019 and all you got to show for it is this stupid t-shirt. I survived the worst day of 2019. Congratulations. Put it in your closet, ladies and gentlemen. It's no big deal. When all is said and done, less is done than said, right? When all is said and done, you'll have a closet full of t-shirts that say I survived the worst day of said year. With that being said, I, my gut says we've had two very big volatile down days in the last 10 trading days. There could be more to come. There should be more to come. Am I selling? Am I repositioning? No, I typically reposition. And I don't wait for the bad markets to do it. Cisco's like Crisco. Oh, it's not cooking. Cisco's not like Crisco. Disappointing fiscal first quarter guidance. Exciting challenges in China. Sales fell 25% in China. Woo! Woo! Suey! Right? That's a pig. Uh, 30-year bond yield fell below 2%. That's pretty stunning. China said it intends to launch countermeasures if the U.S. follows through with its additional tariff actions. That was a threat that went around for about an hour this morning. And the markets were looking for a positive rebound, looking for a positive rebound. And then we hear China's looking to do countermeasures to retaliate. And suddenly everything went back down. Only to rebound yet again. So China hopes the U.S. can meet it halfway. Um, It's implicit in a negotiation. So says China. Trump tweeted out his praise for the president of China. A lot of his cabinet are saying, dude, you can't be saying nice things about the president of China when he's about to go, you know, military crazy in Hong Kong or could go military crazy in Hong Kong. And in fact, Mr. President, you should be supporting those uh, citizens of Hong Kong who are, are fighting the power. But nope, he's a great leader. Kim Jong-un, great leader. Putin, great leader. I'll say that there's some truth that sometimes you have to figure out how to get along, but those are three very, I'm not going to say China's bad man. Okay, I'm going to say China's got some working conditions that are deplorable. And their commitment to quality and stealing American technology is second to none. Well, no, no, their, their lack of commitment to quality and stealing from American technology 
is second to none. So what am I looking for to say panic, run, chicken little, sky is falling? Do you want to know? Come back after break. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, what I'm looking for would be on Thursday is the first time unemployment claims. And the numbers are still good. Once we start getting above 300, 350,000 for unemployment claims, new unemployment claims, and you put a couple of weeks of that together, a couple of weeks of that together, and then it turns into a couple of months, that's your flag. But today, initial claims for the weekend at August 10th increased by 9,220,000. ,000. That number's good. Any number under 350,000 is good. Now, it's starting to get a little beefier on the skinny side, but I'll still take those numbers because those numbers support our U.S. economy. We're still trying to find workers. We're still trying to pay workers more to do the job that we want them to do. We got a little bit of economic data other than first-time initial unemployment claims. Retail sales increased 7 tenths of a percent month to month in July. They're up about 1% if you exclude automobiles. Beep, beep. Key takeaway from the report there is that it offered a clear reminder that the U.S. consumer is still in good shape. The first time unemployment claims, the key takeaway is that we've got jobs. Second quarter productivity, a little bit more of a stretch of a number to make interesting on radio. We're getting more out of our workers. That's a good thing. We saw massive productivity gains in the 1990s when personal computers got faster and software got better. I know, I know. If you were to go back and look at videos of, you know, operating systems in the early 90s, it, it, might, it might make you vomit. Or it might make a mouse crawl into your mouth, die, wake back up and vomit, and then die again. That is no bueno. So that's what's happening on the markets today. Those are the big stories. A little Cisco, lower than expected guidance. That stock's done 10% in the last two trading sessions, becoming more interesting. Walmart, solid number. In fact, if you were to look at Walmart, there would be a lot to like in the quarter. And Walmart is a reflection of the U.S. economy. Walmart beat expectations both on the top and bottom, revenue and earnings. World's largest retailer. Man, I can't get toys out of Toys R Us out of my head. Do you remember those commercials in the eighties and nineties? Toys, uh, the world's biggest toy store, Toys R Us. Blech. I hate a bad jingle. So Walmart beat expectations. Shares up. I think at one point in time this morning I saw about eight percent, and I'm like, whoa. Walmart's not one of those companies that moves that much in a day. For better or for worse. They did $130.4 in sales in the last 90 days. Go write that down. That's a big freaking fracking number. That's huge, as, as Mr. Trump would say. Huge. Huge. My hands are huge. Walmart now predicts that the U.S. same-store sales growth will be at the high end of previous guidance. Wall Street likes that. We like demon known, and when you say it's on the high end, we're like, woo! They have acquired Flipkart. They do have Sam's Clubs. Sam's Club? I don't know if it's Sam's Clubs or Sam's Club when I'm talking about it. Sam's Club, same source sales, SSS. 
grew 1.2% during the quarter, better than expected. Online sales have been a bright spot for Walmart. I know you're saying, really? Walmart's, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Walmart's actually doing pretty well with e-commerce. They are nowhere near Amazon, but that's not fair. Walmart's next day delivery service covers about 75% of the U.S. population. I bought something from Walmart online. I only buy expensive things on Prime Day, Black Friday, and anytime I get a sale that says 50% off. 40% sometimes, yeah. And I got something from Walmart that they didn't give me an iPad, but it was pretty close. It was spit cost. Um, but yeah, also probably for them in the last 90 days, it looked at their quarter and they're like, Hey, um, they got a new online guy named Rob and he spent 250 plus dollars. They're like, woo for them. They get to go tell the analysts. Well, well, he's not exactly buying bubble gum. He's buying expensive goods. And there's some truth to that. There's only so many dollars in my wallet. I know you're saying, Rob, come on. You've got a big wallet. I know, I know, but with that being said, there's only so many dollars, and Walmart got a big chunk of mine last quarter. So Amazon has rejuvenated Walmart in online sales. Interesting. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up tomorrow at The Money Show. Find out more during the commercial break. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. There's a video, a documentary on Netflix called Hacked, I believe. And it talks about the 2016 elections and the whistleblower. It's a pretty fascinating little documentary. I'm leery of documentaries because I believe they're very one-sided put together. With that said, this was a pretty fascinating one. Talked about a young woman who was the whistleblower on Cambridge Analytica. I'm not spoiling anything if you want to watch it. What's fascinating to me was the study of her. It made me never want to be a whistleblower. First and foremost, they they go through her career and they're like, oh, she worked with Obama. So you're like, young woman, probably Democrat kind of thing. She interned with Obama. Next thing you know, she's joining the NRA. And I said the funniest thing yesterday. I was telling a friend the story about the documentary. I said, yeah, she joined AARP to understand gun laws. And he looked at me like, AARP, American Association, retired people. I'm like, whoopsie, I messed that one up. Um, and she talked about like, yeah, I can put cowboy boots on. I can go to a Republican convention and all the guys pay attention to me because I'm a cute young woman and blah, blah, blah. And she really got in kind of a dark world of, of, of I'm not going to say corporate espionage, but something along those lines of stealing user data from Facebook. There's a statistic that starts the movie with, uh, by the time your kid's 18 years old, there's be over 80,000 data points on them. That's crazy. And the next scene in the movie, in the documentary, is an NYU professor. And he he asks his class, how many of you think that Facebook is listening listening to you through your phone? And everyone in the class raised their hands. And I'm like, whoa, I need to start believing in conspiracy theories. I really do. 
Um, the newest conspiracy theory is that Epstein was murdered either by Trump's administration or by the Clinton administration or by any set of billionaires and millionaires who used to travel around with a guy. And it, it seems like it's possible. But Facebook paid contractors to transcribe audio clips from the messenger service. And that freaks me out a little bit. Like, I'm, I'm not a messenger user. I'm, I'm really minimalist when it comes to Facebook. But Facebook said audio snippets reviewed by contractors were masked so as to not reveal anyone's identities. And yeah, they're trying to say, let's, let's figure out how we can make the service better. But I, I, it's still creepy. Google said it suspended doing this worldwide when it investigated a Dutch leak. Amazon said it still uses humans, but users can decline or opt out of the human transcriptions. But the fact that, you know, the, a couple of years ago, people were putting black tape on top of their camera on their desktop. What do you do? Do you put tape over the microphone? Do you, do you not install it? Do you delete it? What do you do? Anyhow, I think that's a story. And Facebook's going to remain under scrutiny, I say, for the foreseeable future until there's a big break in their business. Same thing happened to Microsoft. In the 90s, they got a little bit too cocky, a little bit too arrogant. They got into European fines and U.S. fines. And it took a long, beat-down process where Bill Gates should have been focusing on the business. Steve Ballmer should have been focusing on the business, but they had to focus on attorneys. Stock massively underperformed, and now it's hitting all-time highs. I, I, I like Facebook for the same reason, but... I could see a world where they're dragged into a quagmire of years of, you know, probes and privacy practice issues. So on one hand, I like it. On the other hand, I'm saying it, it, I'm not going to call it dead money. I'm just going to say it's kind of a way of life at this point in time. Bank of America upgraded Levi Strauss to buy from neutral. Levi Strauss. San Francisco, the city by the bay, home of the technology elite. And Levi's. Very, very interesting. Levi's stands out as an apparel brand with potential upside to its sales. I was doing some research on jeans yesterday because I knew that Levi's was reporting a quarter. And jeans aren't very, how shall we say, environmentally friendly. And there's young companies now who are trying to use cotton that's sourced correctly so that it's renewable. And they're trying to source, they're trying to set up a business model that it's not as harsh on the, the planet to make blue jeans, jean jackets and such. Um, but the company is doing well. Stock is pricing in below plan growth and multiple re-ratings are expected out there as Levi continues to beat its sales and earnings per share targets. They kind of under-promise and over-deliver. Are you with me against me? It's still not a company for me, but I like to know what's going on out there, right? Deutsche Bank. Do we trust the Germans yet? The French say, no, do not trust them. But Deutsche Bank raised its price target on Alphabet, a.k.a. Google, to fourteen seventy-five. Google's an interesting tech company. A lot like Facebook, they're going to have government regulations in their face for a long time. But the valuation looks great, and they make billions and billions and billions of dollars. J.P. Morgan upgraded Liberty Formula 1 
to overweight from neutral. And I'm like, Formula One, yes. Fast cars. They got a pay TV deal with Sky. Four guys more modest, though steady growth. Driven by contractual escalators, new sponsors, additional Grand Prix. Broadcast renewals in the U.S. and Western Europe for uh, which analysts see upside. I, I'll be honest with you. There's only so many hours in a day. And I'll turn on a Formula One race, just flipping through the channels. And I'll go, huh. And I'll turn the channel. Not my sport, but it's a big sport worldwide. It's like NASCAR may not be your sport, but it draws more attendance than any other sport in the United States. And man, if you look at baseball, four straight years of declining attendance. No bueno. My beloved, not my beloved. I like the Giants. It's a nice distraction. It's a nice day at the park. Um, Even they are suffering getting people in the seats and doing something that is unheard of. Discounts. And that makes me want to scream, but I won't scream. Freeman Billings Ramsey downgraded Urban Outfitters to neutral from buy. Um, Urban Outfitters is kind of one of those retail stores that plays in malls. And it's probably pretty difficult to have faith in malls. The 80s and 90s were a time of the golden age of malls. Mom, I want to go to the mall on Friday night and walk around and see my friends and see a movie. Okay, honey. Honey, boo-boo lips. And your parents would drop you off at the mall for three, four, or five hours. You'd go to the arcade. You'd try to practice your best smile to impress a young lady. You'd go to a movie with your friends. You'd act like a jerk at a restaurant later on having dessert. It's tough for me to look at Urban Outfitters and go, there's something interesting there for me. It's just, it's not as relevant as it used to be, right? I got to tell you my Freeman Bill and Ramsey story, by the way. Because they did downgrade Urban Outfitters, but I don't have time for the FBR story right now. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back into the show. I'm Rob Black. I promise if when I die, I'm going to die on the air for you. I know you're saying, oh boy, can we do a funeral on air too? Sales just suddenly got very excited. I heard Rob's going to die on air. This will boost ratings. I know you're saying. Thank you very much. That is a audio drop that very few people will understand, but at the same time, I appreciate the effort that it took. With that said, um, Californians... I love California on so many levels. As a kid, it was a fascinating thing to me. Probably my fascination started with the Brady Bunch and kind of wanting, I didn't want my dad to die, but I kind of wanted Mr. Brady to be my dad. And I kind of wanted Mrs. Brady to be my mom. Maybe not Mr. Brady. In the end, he was bitter. The guy who played uh, Mr. Brady, he was Shakespearean taught actor. Like, and he got pigeonholed into this one type of role for his whole life. That would make me a little crazy, too, I think. But Californians have a fascination with me. So not only did the Brady Bunch, did I go, wow, 
that girl Jan's kind of hot. And I'm like seven years old, not even knowing what that meant. And I was like, Cindy's kind of cute too. Marsha, she's a little too old for me. I think all Americans watch Brady Bunch reruns. I hope. Otherwise, this whole two minutes is wasted. But after that fascination with the Brady Bunch, I probably moved on to the fascination of, no, not Gilligan's Island. I did kind of want to be stuck on an island all by myself. I found it kind of a fun idea as a kid. I was once on a raft in the Mediterranean, and it started getting pulled out to sea by the currents, and no one was figuring it out. I was like, wow, I'm going to die out here. I'm going to land on an island and like start fishing, and I don't need parents. This is great. That's the kind of guy I am. That's probably why I do such a solo-type career. Uh, so Gilligan's Island was a thing, but it was a, a short-lived thing, because video games came into my life shortly thereafter, and I really wanted to move to Silicon Valley, which there is a very, very diff- big difference between Silicon Valley and Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley is in the north of California. Silicon Valley is in the south of California. New vehicle sales in California. This is all about California. That's a long setup to get to California. I told my producer during the break, I'm like, I'm really proud of your generation because like, you guys are actually putting your money where your mouth is. And he goes, no, don't, don't give us credit for the Impossible Burger and Beyond Meat. Because it's all about the internet and just communicating more freely. And I'll, I scratched my head and I'll think about that. But here's one where I give California credit, or I think I'm giving California credit. New vehicle sales in California dropped 5.6% in the first half of 2019. Now, this is good news and bad news. Cars aren't great investments. The state is on track for full-year sales to fall short of the 2 million vehicles for the first time since 2014. This is good news. This is bad news. Cars are expensive. We're buying cars. We're buying used cars. Now, the new car industry is a big industry. We, you got paint dealers and steel dealers and tire dealers. They're all selling to the auto manufacturers who put it together. Then when you go to buy a car from a dealership, let's say you go to Tom Brady Ford. I know you're saying Tom Brady Ford. For lack of a better car dealership, I just made up Tom Brady Ford. I know there's somebody somewhere out there coming up with Tom Brady Ford right now. Hey, Tom Brady, why don't you start a car dealership? I met one of Tom Brady's dad's cousins. I know you're saying this is a weird pull. He was throwing the dad under the under the bus, just saying like the moment Tom Brady won that first Super Bowl, his dad started to monetize his son. And I get it. I'm not against it. A lot of insurance. New car sales in the largest U.S. auto market have slowed down this year as more drivers opt for less expensive used cars. That's good. We're being wise about it, but it's going to hurt a big industry. And the auto industry has a broad economic swath that it covers the U.S. in. So California is a big part of it. And the political climates of car dealers and auto manufacturers and steel companies and how much they donate to politicians. It says my friend Buster Poindexter said, it's hot, hot, hot. So the drop in new vehicle sales in California is greater than the 1.5% decline seen in the U.S. from January through June. So, sales of new cars, which includes sedans and compacts, dropped by 10.8% during the first half of the year. That's a lot. Sales of pickups and SUVs only dropped 1.1%. I can't imagine what it would take to get me to buy a sedan at this point in time. 
I'm honestly more of a truck guy. And not like an expensive truck guy. I just like a good Toyota truck because they never die. They just multiply. They're babies, kids. We don't die. We multiply. Um, sales of new electric and hybrid vehicles continue to climb. That's good. Hybrids make up about 13% of all new models sold. Positive. Like I said, I started the segment off saying there's some positives, and I think the millennials are doing some of the good things in, the, in our society. Lord knows, my society, my generation, we love cow. We love cow with mayonnaise on it. We love cow. We love cow with pig on it, with mayonnaise on it. We love cow with pig on it, with chicken on it, with mayonnaise on it. I made some pork dish last quarter. I know you're saying, you made a pork dish? Where it was um, uh, pork wrapped in a pork butt. Pork shoulder wrapped in a pork butt. It was delicious. But um, so kids today, I think, are doing the right thing on a lot of level. Millennials. Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods are in a fast food alternative meat arms race. His demand is swelling. My generation would never have done this. Uh, traffic growth for, has been slow for the U.S. restaurant sector in recent years. Expected to remain challenged, but plant-based proteins seem to be the key to getting maybe some people excited about going to Burger King again. Foot traffic in Burger King significantly outperformed the national average when they came out with the Impossible Whopper. Which, for the record, I like whoopers. Man, whoopers. Chocolate-covered malt. Oh, delicious. I used to have a fantasy about just sitting on my couch all day long and eating whoopers. I know you're saying, I think they're called whoppers. No, they're actually called whoopers. And you don't live in Milpitas, it's Milopitas? Just so you know. National restaurant chains are racing to add alternative meat options. Some industry experts say the long-term business plan is not clear. But the short-term marketing opportunity is ding, 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 right on. Now, McDonald's, for their part, they want to be as good a corporate citizens as they can. They had full transition to cage-free eggs throughout the United States and Canada. Chicken raised without antibiotics. Milk from cows that have not been treated with artificial growth hormones. But don't expect a Big Mac Impossible quarter pounder. Because they're very, very slow. They're not playing into... They want to do it right for everyone. Because their reputation is on consistency. I can honestly say in the last 10 years I've had... 10 orders of McDonald's fries. And I would say every order of McDonald's fries has been the same exact order. It's like, wow. There was probably a day and age where some of them would sit under the heat lamp too long and it turned gross and dry. But that is a company that gets it right. So the demand for vegan burgers and alternative meat is a trend that CEO of McDonald's will have to pay attention to. And ultimately, probably a good thing. So, now here's the kicker. We used to count on red meat to kill people. It'll ultimately make your heart get clogged up and you'd eventually have a heart attack somewhere between 60 and 80, right? And uh, that's not the case anymore. You're going to be living longer if you're not putting fatty red meat into your body. So, you're going to need to save more money for retirement. And you're saying, you're such a downer, Rob Black. I know, I know. Morgan Springer, former co-founder. For, oh, by the way, you know who owns a ton? And this just makes me want to curse. He owns a ton of Beyond Meat. 
take a guess. First and foremost, he became he made hundreds of millions of dollars making a movie all about climate change. Yes, that's right. I'm talking about Al Gore. Whoops. Here's the drum roll. Drum roll, please. Al Gore? I know you're saying you really need to work with your producer on timing. Do you guys ever talk to each other? And the answer is no. Like I said, I'm a solo wolf. Um, but restaurant chains like Carl's Jr., Del Taco, TGI Fridays, Red Robin, they're all planning to offer pea or soy-based burgers. Something tells me I'm going to like the soy burger more than the pea. And it's P-E-A. I never liked peas as a kid. Oh, the mushy texture. And I think just baby food in itself just ruined me on peas. And that's all I have for you. So Impossible Foods is right out of Oakland. They got a manufacturing facility and they got 70 employees. And they've went from one shift a day to two shifts a day down there adding a third shift. It's setting up a European production arm as well. And that's going to be one of the big challenges and that's why McDonald's has to sit on the sidelines for the, for the time being is they're big and they can't just offer it at one location. They got to do it right in the same exact thing at every location. So beyond meat in the news, an arms race for burgers, plant-based proteins. Who would have thought? Now, who's going to be the big winner in this? In the end, it's going to be companies like Nestle and Tyson Foods who buys these companies and or comes up with a knockoff or competitor that's pretty darn close. Big event coming up tomorrow at the Money Show. Me and Chad learn more by listening to commercials or going to newfocusfinancial.com and signing up. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show. I do appreciate it. I can't say that enough. Um, I've been blessed with having a job where I kind of figured it out. People want to retire, and people don't know how to do it. We're not taught in high school. In college, we're... Our hormones are going crazy. We're looking for a spouse. We're looking to settle down. And we get kind of like, oh, no. The, the passion's going to leave. We better have kids so we have kind of a hobby for the next 18 years. I know you're saying a kid's not a hobby. But, yeah, that's kind of the way I look at them. <laughs> so take it for what it is. Um, I'm, I'm blessed. I, I, I don't get too sentimental with you. But it's a good thing, not a bad thing. So talking about getting to retirement. I don't know when I'm going to do this, but I've got a couple notebooks that I, I work some notes through. And one of the ones I want to talk about with you at some point in time is our love affair of the house in America. And I'm pretty well off, all things considered. Um, I've got more than enough money that I could quit and retire right now if I need to, or if I want to. Um... Everyone would be fine. Everyone would be well taken care of. But I kind of like work. I was talking with a younger person yesterday who he's probably more on the scale of works 25, 30 hours a week. And he's like, I'll never be able to afford a home. And I'm like, ooh, I just refinanced a home. I don't even want to talk about it. Like, there's some shame in talking to people that don't have homes. And I've been lucky enough. I think I got four or five right now. Not all homes that I live in. Of course not. One's a business that I sub, uh, I 
basically lease out to a business that pays. That's good money. So you pick the right business location, you get a tenant in it. Oh, boy, that's a sweet one. I've got a home in Raleigh, North Carolina that I was just stupid when I was 25 years old, 24 years old. And I was like, I should buy a house and put a renter in it. And I did. And I'd say 25 years later, 20 years later, the home is almost paid for by other people's rent money. There's probably been five total renters in that period of time. Some have been better than others. There's been some bad luck. It's in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is prone to hurricanes and hot summers. And guess when the air conditioning breaks down? It's 118 degrees outside today, ladies and gentlemen. So the tenant gets all fussy and like, the air conditioning broke down and I had to, I had to go to a hotel for three days. I want you to pay for that. I'm like, I'm not paying for that hotel, but I'll gladly get the air conditioning serviced and get temporary air conditioners put in for you. So there's something about a home, right? You can see how people start just rambling on and on about it. And it's interesting because I own a home on the peninsula. The bank owns it, to be honest with you. But slowly but surely, I'll own it. And I don't want to sell it. I want to move. I don't like the peninsula. It's too crowded. It's changed a lot every five years. Everything changes. And I think it's changing for the worst. What was a quaint little town is now just a lot of douchey Tesla drivers who wear white pants all year round. Uh, if you make me governor of the state of California, I will imprison people who wear white pants all year round. I will take away Prop 13 from anyone who's over 65 years old and force them to leave the state. Vote Rob Black. I will put to death all email spammers, as well as robocalling companies. I'll bring back the gas chamber and I'll just keep the gas running. You're going in next. You're going in next. You're going in next. And that's my platform. I know you're saying, how about taxes? Eh, I don't know anything about that. How about education reform? Eh, I don't know anything about that. But I have a home on the peninsula, and I want to leave the peninsula, but I want to turn it into a rental. And I'm like, I don't know, because I'm starting to get to the age where that's going to be a lot of work in retirement. And I could take a big gain right now and use a tax you know, benefit right now and Part of me is like, I don't know if I'm ever going to give the chance again. And that's the weird part that I want to talk about in upcoming episodes of the show. I don't know if I'll ever get the chance again. Or my kids will ever get the chance again to live on the peninsula. Homes don't go out forever. It doesn't work like that. Or a big earthquake away. Or Facebook getting broken up. Or something that the housing market sees a big change. Now keep in mind, on my street... There's two people on my street that are selling their homes that I know of. And the reason I know it, because they're my direct neighbors. That's weird. I haven't seen that kind of loosening of the inventory in 10 years. One guy who moved onto the street four years ago basically did it so he can get his kids into a good high school. And he tore down a house and he built up a house. And now he's selling the house and he's moving to Sacramento. Which, for the record, I want to sign a petition. I want to start a petition and sign a petition. I want to change Sacramento to Sacramento. We need to have more fun in this state. So trading up homes is a pain. Tony Mendez and I were talking about a home buying 
company yesterday that is trying to do something kind of interesting. They're willing to buy 49% of your equity and sell it to someone else and kind of be a middleman. So let's say my friend who doesn't make enough money to buy a home, let's say he wants to own 20% of my home. I could sell it to him. And then if it goes up in value or down in value, he gets that 20% part. I get cash to go out and do what I want, kind of sell my home before I sell my home. We've seen deals like this many, 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 many times, but we're trying to figure out how to get younger people into homes that aren't micro apartments. And businesses are trying to, to figure it out. Um, but I'm starting to get the age where I'm starting to think, you know, when do I unwind my real estate portfolio? When do I start to unwind my 401k? When do I start to unwind my life savings? It's a good good problem to have to say that you can quit and retire. It's a lot more emotional to do it, to commit to it, to commit to change. You've been in mode of so long of accumulating wealth. How do you manage it? Learn more tomorrow at The Bunny Show. Come by and see me and CFP Chad Burton. Learn more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black.